You're listening to the Fantasy Wildcard Podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Wildcard. I'm your host, Kev. With me tonight, as always, is my co-host, Matt. Evening, Matt. What have you been up to? I've uh, I bought myself a new mic, actually, Kev. Hopefully I sound a little better. I wasn't too happy with what I was hearing coming out of the last live stream. I wasn't too keen on what I was seeing either, but I can't really do anything about <laughs> the, uh, the old face, can I? So, yeah, is new mic. Is that a quick dig at me already? What do you mean? No, because I'm not going to dig at you. <laughs> Beautiful as always, you, Kev. <laughs> nice. Well, that's uh, you've made up for it there. Um, so, yeah, today's a really special show for us. We've got an amazing guest on today. He's the king of social media for the fantasy football astronauts, <clears throat> uh, the co-host of the Fantasy Nightcap podcast, and he's also a new writer for 14 personnel. He's one of the most genuine, positive and supportive guys in the community. want to give a wildcard welcome to our guest, Shane Barrett. How are you doing? I am great, and that is an intro like no other. I greatly appreciate it, guys, um, and I'm honored to be the first guest. Matt, don't let anyone tell you differently. You're gorgeous. <laughs> three, just three gorgeous blokes, aren't we? Just uh, hanging out, having fun. <laughs> so this this is a landmark episode for us. Shane's our first ever guest. So how does that make you feel, Shane? I'm honored, truly. Um, we've been friends and interacting for a little over a year, um, and I am stoked to be the first guest. Um, I bugged you guys about it, so um, <laughs> I, I greatly appreciate the invite, though. No, I love that. Thank I didn't you. Didn't much did it care for us to get Shane on. Oh no, he's, uh, Shane. <laughs> he's a lovable guy, isn't he? Absolutely. Yes. So, like you said, we spent time collaborating with you over the last twelve months. You did your start sit column with Matt in season for yeah. the astronauts um we, we've worked well in the past so we know uh, we know today is going to be a fantastic show uh, now Shane like you said we've known each other for around a year maybe a little bit longer but I still don't know which NFL team you support so <laughs> just shed a bit of light, light on that for us please uh, I knew that joke was coming um <laughs> we're, we're, we're taking out for Shane to name every team I think <laughs> um so for those of you that don't know, um, when when Kev was a part of the astronauts and still today, there's a running joke that I am the Rob Lowe of the astronauts. So when I when when it's NFL Sunday, I just wear the NFL hat instead of a specific team. Um, but no, to to actually answer your uh, question, Kev, my favorite I've got three favorite teams. First, <laughs> first one's the Packers. Um, my mom's family is from Kenosha, Wisconsin, which isn't far from Green Bay, so they're all Packers fans. So Packers, number two is the Cowboys, um, and Ooh. that's because yeah. So <laughs> it gets even more interesting. So my dad and his dad are and were Cowboys fans, um, 
So my grandfathers did not get along when it came to NFL football. Um, so there's where the Cowboys come in. And then anyone who follows me on Twitter knows I am a huge Baker Mayfield fan. So that is where the third team comes in with the Cleveland Browns. And that was why Baker was always a start in the start set articles. <laughs> That's not true. I think it's good I because you just sit him on multiple weeks. <laughs> I was always trying to sit him and show. I was like, no, no, we can't sit Baker. We can't sit Baker. <laughs> I think it's really good as well, Shane, because you've got the AFC and the NFC covered in that. So That's you've got, it. You, you basically you could have two dogs in the fight in the final if you if you look at one season. So yeah, um, I'm not that lucky. <laughs> out, out of those three, which do you think will have the best chance next season? Um. Man, that's a really tough question. It it truly depends on what Green Bay does, <laughs> um, and uh, if the and the Cowboys just have to be healthy. I think. Yeah. Um, I yeah, I'm gonna go Cowboys. I think. Um, I think they're gonna bounce back. <laughs> yeah, it is. But I think they're gonna bounce back. Actually, having their quarterback if they sign Dak, which they should, um, at least in my opinion, and. Uh, I think they just have the weapons. Even if they don't sign Dak, uh, there's going to be so much quarterback movement this offseason that they can still get a good one. Um, and with the weapons that they have, they should be a contender if they can get their defense to you know stop my 90-year-old grandmother. <laughs> well, I mean, it's, it's very brave you to come on our, our pod and pick the Cowboys <laughs> against the NFC East. Uh, I NFC know, East I'm looking guys, at so. your hat. <laughs> I should have put my so, <laughs> so before we get into the main part of the show today, I just want to get your thoughts on the huge trade that went down yesterday with the LA Rams trading Jared Goff and picks for uh, Matt Stafford from the Detroit Lions. So Shane, if we get your take on the dynasty implications uh, from a Packers point of, uh, from a Rams point of view to begin with. Yeah, it is freaking huge. Um, I think it puts the Rams as an, immediate contender um for the nfc with staff they've got a competent quarterback um i've joked that jared goff's nickname is jared goffel so now they've got matthew stafford who can actually throw the ball to cooper cup robert woods and van jefferson um and then whoever's still there for their tight ends uh whether that be the the rookie and bryson hopkins or everett and higby I think this is huge for the Rams offensively um, and immediately puts them in a contender from a, a football standpoint. But then that whole offense is something that I'm going to try and buy, but it's probably going to be really expensive now. Love that. Are you a big fan of Van Jefferson? I've seen he's been getting some love today, which has been dampened down by a few. I like him. Um I thought he was going to be a good replacement for the Cooks role um, to kind of take the top off the defense and be that speed burner deep threat. I still think he can, and I think he'll be used even more with Stafford, and Stafford will actually be able to hit him more consistently. Smashing and Matt, what's your thoughts on the Lions side of the deal? Well, I suppose they've got those first-round picks. I think that was the key part that they got out of this. Um, Goff, I mean... What do we think they're going to do with Goff, really? Obviously, they're, they're looking like being a rebuilding team. He's probably a good bridge quarterback, but I can't see him being a long-term solution for the Lions. Um, regarding other players, I think it's a slight uptick maybe for Swift. I think they're going to have to run the ball a lot because obviously we don't know what's going to happen with Golladay. Uh, Marvin Jones as well could be leaving. Well, he is leaving by the sounds of things. So 
it's just going to be one big mess, I think, for the Lions. And it is going to be interesting to see what they, they do with that offense. But yeah, only Swift really comes out of this one good, I think. Maybe Hawkinson as well. Obviously, now it's just got one tight end to target rather than the two we added with the Rams. So yeah, maybe Hawkinson as well. Yeah, make some great points. And before we move on and continue, we've got a message in the chat from uh, from our good friend Wardy of the Astronauts. And he says, <laughs> oh, my goodness, this may be the best triple threat I've ever seen. So appreciate your kind words after flaming me on the last episode, Wardy. Cheers the for good, that. The good, the bad and the ugly. I'll, I'll, let, I'll, let, the, I'll let the audience decide which one's which. <laughs> I'll take that order. Ugly. <laughs> So, um, so yeah, on, on today's show, it's uh, we'll be looking at the uh, 2020 awards, uh, fantasy awards, uh, and we're going to get our guest Shane to select the players that stood out to him in each category. So uh, we'll jump straight in. The first award we have is for the Dynasty Waiver Pickup of the Year. So this is someone that's been added from waivers after rookie drafts. Um, who's your Dynasty Waiver Pickup of the Year, Shane? Yeah, I had it between two running backs, um, and I ended up going with James Robinson. James Robinson was, if he didn't get drafted in the very end of your rookie drafts last year, he was a waiver wire pickup, and you smashed with him. So um, I I have him on a championship roster, had him on multiple other rosters, and he just produced and produced and produced. So I went with James Robinson, and then my honorable mention – was the other guy I was debating between, and that was Miles Gaskin. So, and he was someone that I was honestly a little reluctant to pick up, partially because whatever leagues that I was in, he was already on a roster, so I couldn't pick him up. Um, but he was my honorable mention because he was consistent, an RB two pretty much every week. Love that. Yeah, I think for me as well, it has to be James Robinson, doesn't it? Um, obviously, he was an undrafted free agent, but he had he had a big senior year with Illinois State. Um, I think he had nearly 2,000 rushing yards and 18 touchdowns. Obviously, it's not the most competitive uh, league to be in, but still put up good numbers. And then, as you say, he's, he's coming as an undrafted free agent, finished the RB7, claimed uh, that workhorse role straight away. And, yeah, just absolutely dominated onto this year. I think he was fifth in rushing yards with 1,070 yards. And it was also being used in the passing game as well, 49 receptions. So, as you say, just a absolute brilliant pickup and most likely got him off your waivers, which is just... Unbelievable. Yeah. Um, so I'll throw a question to you then, Shane. Um, obviously, if you have picked him up, you've invested very little to get him. Uh, would you now be tempted to cash in then? Obviously, he's going for a, a quite high price. I've seen people talk, especially during the season, he was going for the first round picks. I'm not sure if you get that now, if I'm honest. Obviously, the rookie hype's building up. So, yeah, what are you doing, Shane? Are you, are you cashing in or are you going to carry on riding him? I think I'm going to carry on riding him, and that's probably mostly because of the leagues I'm in. I don't think I'm going to be able to sell him for what I would want to. Um, I, like you said, the rookie hype's getting pretty unreal right now. He is one of those, him and Miles Gaskin are both kind of iffy on if they maintain their roles just because the teams don't have a ton invested in them. Um, so I'd be a little worried about him getting some competition from the draft but i'm going to hold on to him um and hope that he can still produce next year and if he does then maybe sell middle of next year yeah i think i'm fully on board james robinson would have been my pick as well for this thing we saw bell cow usage with 240 carries and 60 targets um he managed to get double digit touchdowns with 10 on a on a 1 and 15 team which 
I think is a really uh, really outstanding achievement for that. But it is worth noting he did get lucky with how he came into the role with the injuries to Divina Zigbo and uh, Raikul Armstead and also the surprising release of Leonard Fournette. Uh, but overall, it was a mightily impressive rookie season. I think he is probably the most polarising guy in fantasy. I, I compare him to a roulette wheel where he's got such a wide range of outcomes. You don't really know. He, he could be the running back one. He could be um, He could be running back free range. It's it's really up in there as to what will happen with him uh, next he season. Could be and beyond. Could, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a completely new coaching staff. He's got no draft capital, so they will be the main concerns. And that's probably why that... If you've got him on your roster, you're going to struggle to sell him because um, he's obviously performed brilliant for you. So you've got a price you'd be happy to take. But the flip side is there is these concerns. So you're probably um, going to struggle to get a deal done to move him in existing leagues. I do think the cheapest place to get Robinson would be uh, startups moving forward because there's no nobody with that affinity to him that they've drafted him and seen him perform outstanding for him as well. So with this in mind, Shane, which round would you be willing to take uh, James Robinson in a dynasty startup? Do you know what his ADP is currently? I don't off the top of my head. I would say... Mm-mm. Just off the top of my head, yeah, probably around th- between round three and five, if you can get yeah. him there. The yeah. problem is, like, I think like we've outlined the questions up in the air about his potential um, role being replaced might drop his price to where you could get him there. Um, But like we've also talked about with his production that he actually had, I could see him going second round, but I feel like that's way too high. Yeah. It's going to be very similar, I think, to Philip Lindsay. Obviously, he was a undrafted free agent last season and he had that great first year. And again, this year he's he's looked all right, but Obviously, with Melvin Gordon coming in, it's made it a mess. So, I'm not sure it could it could turn out a similar way. I feel. I think if if Robinson has a, a fantasy career like um, Chris Carson, who was a late round uh, yeah. running back, if he has that sort of career, I think you'd, you'd absolutely take running back two numbers for the next three or four years. Um, yeah. I know you also gave him an honourable mention to Miles Gaskin, who had an impressive season. Uh, what's your thoughts on him moving forward? You did touch upon the great point that. Like Robinson, he's potentially under threat from uh, avoiding avoiding landmines in in free agency and the draft. So, what what are your thoughts on Gaskin moving forward? I think he's getting replaced this draft. Um, Agreed. Un- unfortunately, I think he's going to get replaced this draft. Um, I'm more worried about him getting that than uh, Robinson, to be completely honest. Now, if he doesn't, or if they bring in someone in a later round then I think you've got someone who's going to, if he can continue his production from last year, like you said, he was a solid RB2. Now he's not going to get you those top end games of 20 points plus typically, but he's going to get you 10 to 15 points every single game if he's in the starting role. So I, I just, I'm wary. I'm not, I've actually just took him in a startup draft actually, um, <laughs> but it was late. It was late, late, late. Yeah. So, um, He's not someone I'm drafting as, an, as my RB2, um, but someone that I, if I can get value on him, I'm, I'm going to take him late because if he keeps his role or keeps somewhat of a role, I think he's talented enough to, to still produce with that. But I think he gets replaced. 
Yeah, I think Gaskin's a, a good player. I think, as I say, if he does get replaced, maybe he moves on. And if he does, I think he could still have a role because we've seen how good he is in the receiving game. Um, I think he finished seventh in the NFL in receiving yards this year. So he's shown that it can. I think he can find a role as a at least a pass catching pass, yeah, pass catching back somewhere else if he doesn't get replaced. Yeah, I think it's good in the sense that he, he can run the ball and he can catch passes. So if they do add someone, provided it's not a free down back, he's going to still have a role in the offense rather than being pigeonholed to being a specific skill set that could get um, completely messed up as such. Who's so, replacing him uh, in the draft before we move on? What was that? Yeah, who do you think is going to replace him in the draft for the Dolphins? I'll get to that later. Okay, so next up we've got the Dynasty Superflex of the Year award. And this is a player that's um, it's like it's gonna be a quarterback, isn't it? It's a player that's taken as a QB two three that's outperformed expectations. So who you got, Shane? This one was really easy for me when I actually thought about it. It's Ryan Tannehill. Yeah. He like rushed it. Um, and I think he, so he, he finishes QB seven for this year. I, I don't know if he's going to maintain that. I think the Titans offense is using him perfectly run the ball with Henry and then use Tannehill in the play action game to hit Davis and AJ Brown. And he is exceeding at that. And he's mobile enough to go get yards with his legs if he needs to, um, but yeah, it's it's Ryan Tannehill, no question for me. And um, yeah, that's all I got. <laughs> Again, Shane, completely agree with you. Ryan Tannehill, he was somebody I would pick out if I was asked the same question. Um, and as you say, he's just hugely efficient, isn't he, with the ball? I mean, 37 passing touchdowns, but as you say, it's not really like he's have to put in big numbers throwing it. They just run this offense through Derek Henry. He throws it when he needs to, and he's just... Mightily, mightily efficient with it. And as I say, those seven rushing touchdowns as well, just they're just perfect, really, in fantasy. Just what you need. A nice, solid quarterback. Um, his current ADP is the quarterback 12, I believe, going off DFL's ADP. So I was just wondering whereabouts do you rank him, Shane? Obviously, he's not the youngest quarterback, but he's by no means getting old in terms of quarterback age. So I was just wondering whereabouts you rank him now. I'd probably rank him in that 10 to 15 range. Um, if I had to put a specific number on it, I may go 15, but don't ask me who the 14 guys ahead of him are. Um, but I think I think QB 15 is a, a good spot for him um, just because there are some younger guys like Burrow and Herbert um, that are, are still ascending, um, my boy Mayfield. and uh, But then you've got, you've got the, old, the, the old guard, um, or not even the old guard, but just the guys that are you're not taking anyone over them. Mahomes, Allen, Kyler Murray, even Russell Wilson. So I think about that 10 to 15 range, and I'd put him at 15 um, for now. Yeah, I think with uh, with Tannehill, obviously, that was the guy that came to my head as well first. I think there is an argument for Justin Herbert, but I think we might see a little bit of his name crop up a little bit later as well, Shane. So I'll That's take the least out of look. I almost <laughs> said Herbert for this award, but then I was like, no, it's got to be Tannehill. Um, but little, uh, I guess, humble brag, I took Herbert as my QB3 in Scott Fishbowl, and Ooh, that nice. worked out pretty well. <laughs> yeah, you did pretty good in the Fishbowl, didn't you? Yeah. 
pretty good. I, uh, <laughs> I think about the me. Finals. Better me. I won't do it. Hey, you, you did pretty well, if I remember right, Kev. Uh, I did. I did all right. I think I banked on that week thirteen buy, and I didn't get it. So, unfortunately, it is what it is. <laughs> but um, going, going back to Tannehill, I think he, he was going as the QB twenty two in uh, in DLF ADP in August. So, for him to finish QB sevens, fantastic. He was he was number two in fancy points per drop back. Um, Top 12 in rush yards. He had seven touchdowns. Really, really great season for him. And it's actually two seasons on the trot. He's been so efficient and he's really backed it up. Um, I was listening to another podcast uh, last week, the Dynasty and Chill podcast with Scott Connor and Mike Lou. And they was talking about Tannehill and compared him uh, to Russell Wilson as a as a cheaper version of Russell Wilson. And it, it kind of makes sense. They're both... Yeah, they're both dual threat QBs. They're on run first offenses. They've both been super efficient. They're both 32. They've both got young stud wide receivers. So there is a lot of similarities in their situation, just that one of them is coming a lot cheaper, which is Tannehill. Um, and, and the guys going sort of around Tannehill and Wilson in dynasty startups, respectively, the guys like Josh Jacobs and Alvin Kamara. So what I want to know, Shane, is... In a dynasty start, which combination would you prefer? Would it be Tannehill and Kamara or Wilson and Jacobs? That's a tough one. I'm taking Kamara and Tannehill. I love Kamara. Very glad. Um, I love Kamara. I love his pass catching upside. Um, And he's also wildly efficient when it comes to scoring touchdowns for a running back. So I love Kamara. Um, he helped me win a championship this year too. So I'm going Kamara and Tannehill. Yeah. How about you, Matt? Same as Shane. Yeah. Give me Kamara. Give me that running back. That's better. You can, you can make do with someone like Tannehill. He's, as I say, he's just steady, steady Eddie, always putting up numbers, solid numbers. And I'll take the upside on the running back. I mean, we've got three really smart and good-looking dudes on the pod today. Because I, I agree, it's, it's the right answer. It was, it, was, it was kind of a banana skin. I was hoping you'd say Josh Jacobs, and then could go wild. But don't get me wrong, I like Jacobs, but I Kamara's just used more in the passing game, so I think he's the better option at running back. So yep. that's what I went with. Yeah, full house rules here. Again. <laughs> I'm sure we'll come to this at some point, no doubt. But um, but yeah, we'll, we'll move on to the next award now. It's for the veteran of the year. So this is a player of any position over the age of 35 that stood out to you in fantasy last season. This one was easy for me too, and it's going to seem like a homer pick, but it's not, I promise. Um, Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> He's not 35 yet. Aaron Rodgers, uh, yeah. Aaron Audrey, yeah. Um, dude was an MVP this year for me in the NFL um, and just absolutely lit it up. He got back to being the best quarterback in the league, not named Patrick Mahomes in my opinion, um, from a throwing standpoint at least. And uh, he absolutely killed it. So, yeah, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, again, I'm going to have to agree with Shane on this one. Led the league in passing touchdowns with 48, so just dominant, as you say. Brady was second with 40, so that just shows how good he was throwing it. And then five interceptions, so like Tannehill we mentioned before, efficient with the ball, exactly the same with uh, Aaron Rodgers. Was it maybe the uh, the drafting of 
love. Do we think that might have given the, the kick up the bum or, or would you rather he went for some uh, wide receivers in that draft? Matt, you follow me on Twitter. You know I wanted us to draft a wide receiver. <laughs> and you've heard me. <laughs> the all, organization all, now. Shane mentions in the uh, astronauts group chat. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah, they, uh, they wasted their first three draft picks with Love, uh, A.J. Dillon, and I think Daguerre was the tight end that they took in round three. It was absolutely worthless. Like, they should have gone linebacker and wide receiver with the first two picks at the very least because those were the two positions that they needed help the most. Devontae Adams hasn't had a true number two next to him for Rodgers to throw to since he's been there, and it's a damn shame because they are wasting Aaron Rodgers' career because of it. There's been a lot of question marks, aren't there, about Rogers' future. Do you, do you think he stays with the Packers? Or I think so. I would, just with his contract, I'd be shocked if they were actually able to move him because um, it's just a humongous, humongous contract. Um, and, I mean, obviously, crazier things have been done, but I just don't see it. And, um, yeah, I just... If they if they do, they're gonna have to pull off something incredible, because um, he's he's thirty seven. He's not a spring chicken, yeah. um, so yeah. Know, well, that le- that, there. that leads me on nicely to my question then, Fisher. And obviously, you just mentioned about his age. Would you look to maybe move him on coming off the, move him on in dynasty coming off this big season? I think his values took a bit of a, a spike after this year. Would you maybe look for someone a bit younger, or you sticking with your? I feel like this is just going to be a homer answer, but I saw, gonna... the his, I saw the pain in his face when you were asking. Him. Like, no, I'm yeah. never, never going to move him. <laughs> no, this is a homer pick. I'm, I'm sticking with him. Um, yeah. Just because I don't know, and maybe this is this is the homer part of it. I don't know if you're going to be able to move him for what you would want um, because of that age number, especially in dynasty. Like, so people get so focused on age that I don't know if they would be willing to trade for a 37 year old quarterback who's going to be 38 next season. Um, so I'm probably just going to try and ride that one out um, for as long as I can. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I, know, I know we we spoke on the last show about how I wrongly faded Aaron Rodgers in, <laughs> uh, in the 2020 season. So um, like we said, then it was a fantastic year, QB2. Um, I felt he outperformed his, his situation, like I say, about the, the lack 100%. of weapons. Um, I think, obviously, Adams was elite. He's possibly the... Dynasty wide receiver one, and also Robert Tunyon was a surprise breakout, but I think they're really lacking a solid wide receiver too. Um, I, I think Alan Lazard's a, an average talent, sorry, Josh. Um, and, and MVS, he's, he's best suited to a wide receiver three sort of boom roll, I think. Um, I wonder if they went to Higgins over Jordan Love if they would have won the NFC. Um, it's an interesting one, but I, I, do, I do think they need wide receiver two help to take the next step. and contend again so my question to you shane is which wide receiver veteran or incoming rookie would you like to see the packers add to take them to that next level yeah that's a great question kev from a veteran standpoint i think i want either will fuller or curtis samuel um i think both of those would not only like they're not just deep wide receivers they're they've shown this year that they can be used in multiple different ways and I think that would combine well with Adams. So those are my guys that I would want from a veteran standpoint. From a rookie standpoint, 
this is a straight up homer pick, but I think I want Seth Williams from Auburn. I just want Seth Williams to go to a good offense and and be a good a wide receiver too, but go somewhere where he can learn from the wide receiver one too. So like Green Bay, learn from Devontae. I'd love to see another sorry, this is totally a side note, but um Seth Williams in LA with Keenan Allen. I'd love that. Um because I I don't know if is I feel like Mike Williams might be a free agent, but I could be totally wrong yeah. on that. Yeah. Um so I would love to see them go and replace Mike Williams with Seth Williams and uh hopefully he can learn from from Keenan on that route running and and become a even bigger weapon. But um another guy might be uh St. Brown from USC. Go into the Packers with his brother. Get him both in. Yeah. Yeah, I I could see that. So um which I was listening to, I think it was the 14 personnel. Uh, nice plug. <laughs> podcast, yeah, when they were uh, talking to Matt Harmon, and he was a big equanimous St. Brown guy. Um, but then some stuff happened, and he's like, oh, I'm so wrong. I'm so out <laughs> on this guy. <laughs> so, yeah, I would say Will Fuller, Curtis Samuel from a veteran standpoint, Amon Ross St. Brown, or Seth Williams from a rookie standpoint. Yeah, I absolutely love that Curtis Samuel one, Shane. I have Samuel in so many leagues. So if he can land on the Packers, ooh, yeah, <laughs> hello. <laughs> and Shane, I know, I know, you mentioned Auburn. Then, um, I mean, you've got three NFL teams. Have you got a couple of college teams as well? Or yeah, I've got two. two. <laughs> <laughs> it's all it's Auburn and Notre Dame. And you've just you've just moved to Clemson territory as well, haven't you? I, yep, I live in Clemson country now. So That's very exciting. <laughs> Might have to support them every now and again since they're so close. That'd have been shame. Bring another team on. Hey, hey, I've got good news for you. When it comes to English Premier League soccer, I got one team. Oh, oh that's nice. We won't that. talk about it, will we? <laughs> I think, well, your team played, I think your team played mine on Thursday. and I think they did, and I think you you got the better of me there. <laughs> it's about the only time, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Kev's been telling me, Shane, in the DMs that if uh, if Tottenham beat Liverpool, he's, he's just not having you on the show, basically. So. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to mute you when you uh, were going, but no, it's uh, all good. All good. So, um, yeah, that wraps up nicely on the... Uh, on the Veteran of the Year um, Award. So next up, we've got the Most Excited for 2021 Award. So I think initially when we posed this question, we were expecting it to go one way. But in, in typical Shane fashion, you've took it a slightly <laughs> different slant. So yes, uh, give your take on this one. <laughs> uh, well, and he's received a lot of slander on the timeline this weekend, or this week. Um, Travis Etienne is my most excited for 2021 award. Um, I love ETN coming out of Clemson. He is unbelievably fast um, and can do everything in my opinion. Um, now what I've seen on the timeline this week is he's not great at change of direction. And from what I've seen on the timeline this week and, and studying him, he's not, but I think that's something that he can probably work on. And even if he doesn't, he's so fast. If you get him in space, it's going to be, him in a cloud of dust behind him so i just love etn and my like i joke that my worst birthday present last year was when etn decided to go back to school 
<laughs> yeah, so. I know. As, as Kev mentioned, uh, a curveball that he thrown on is uh, here, Shane. But yeah, ETN, I, I agree, he's going to be exciting to watch. Personally, I'm more of a Harris fan than I am ETN, but. He's, he's been brilliant at Antin College, just shy of 5,000 5, rushing yards and 70 touchdowns. So just unbelievable. He, he proves it in the passing game as well with 1,055 rushing yards and eight touchdowns. So just, as you mentioned, unbelievable in both phases of the game. Um, that negative buzz that I'm seeing a lot this week, maybe it's bumping people's rankings down a bit, but I think he is consensus RB2 out of these rookies. So with that excitement, Shane, that you've got for ETN, I'd like to know, what would be your dream landing spot for, for Travis Etienne? The Miami Dolphins. Oh. And, and oink, oink. <laughs> <laughs> um, another one I've, I've, I want him on the Dolphins. I think he would com- just complete that team. Um, if they get another uh, receiver to go with, uh, with Preston Williams and Devontae Parker, I think those three and, and Etienne with Tua is going to be unstoppable for years to come. Um, and yeah, so Miami's my pl- my per- preferred landing spot. Another one I've seen on the timeline is the 49ers, and that's probably potentially a better scheme fit for him, but I hate it because Shanahan is going to ride the hot hand and use a RB by committee, and, and that just bothers me. So I'd rather see ETN go somewhere where he can get a bell cal role, and I think a good spot for that is Miami. Yeah, I think Miami's going to be one of the most popular ones, isn't it, for these incoming rookies? Seeing a lot of uh, Najee Harris to the Dolphins, obviously with them being at the senior bowl as well, they've obviously had a, a nice little look at him there. So that'd be my pick for the Dolphins personally. But as I say, I think any running back, any of them top running backs that land with the Dolphins, it's it's going to be exciting for fantasy. Certainly. Might, might be a daft question, Shane, but is ETN your rookie RB1 over Najee Harris? <laughs> Yeah, I think he is. Stick to your gun, Shane. I'm, I'm sticking with my. I've loved ETN since last year, and I, it's not a slight to Harris. And both do everything really well. ETN is faster, and that's just what I want. Um, he's so explosively fast that that's what I want on my team. Um, but Harris, I mean, he's just as good, and he's more powerful. So I think what what ETN lacks in power. Harris has, but vice versa, what, what Harris has with power, ETN has with speed. So I think either way, you're getting a complete back with whoever you draft. Do you think there's a possibility that both end up in the back end of the first? Quite uncommon. Or is that too much for each? I don't know. Um, <laughs> I really don't. Um, Kev thinks you can see into the future, Shane, I think. <laughs> I, I just – I don't know if the teams at the end of the draft really need running backs. Um, just off the top of my head, they all – the only ones that I could think of maybe would be Buffalo and Tampa Bay. Um, yeah. But I think Tampa Bay might be happy with Rojo, um, to be completely honest. So. <laughs> no, Shane. <laughs> oh, I love you, Shane. Um, Matt, Matt. <laughs> Matt, if it makes you feel better, I hate it too. Um, I was a, a big Keyshawn Vaughn guy last year, um, and it's bit me in the three. ass. But... <laughs> three in so, the um, well, it's it's partially your fault, Kev. I listened to you and Rich's podcast <laughs> oh, yeah. with, uh, I think it was John Lobb. 
John Bauer, yeah. Yeah, John Bauer, yeah. Um, I blame John Bauer too. Yeah, that one, that one hurt me. I was like, okay, yeah, I'm taking Vaughn now, and uh, yeah, we see how that went. Okay. So, we even called. We even called the show "Living Vaughn a Prayer." So yeah, you did. <laughs> it was just bad out, but I, I do think Keyshawn Vaughn could be someone quite interesting if he if he gets a shot. Um, I think so too. I think the ladder pass pass catching running back maybe James White, but um, yeah, Keyshawn Vaughn's still interesting for me on that offense. Smashing. So next up, we've got the breakout player of the year. So this is a guy that's had the best fantasy season of the career. Someone that's really took it up to the next level. Who you got? Yeah. Um, I don't know from a like statistical technical standpoint, you can call it a breakout, but for me, it was Josh Allen. He absolutely smashed this year. Um, I think Stefan Diggs was a huge part of that. And I'm gonna eat some crow here. I was not. I didn't believe in Josh Allen in the offseason last year. I was not on that train. I didn't think Stefan Diggs was gonna help him this much, and didn't really want anything to do with him. Um, and I was clearly very wrong on that. I still don't like him. I still think he's an inaccurate quarterback and can't hit the broadside of a barn when he's standing next to it. But I think Diggs helps make up for that. So um, it's Josh Allen for me. He skyrocketed. From I mean, and even if you can call it skyrocketing, because he was probably QB three in dynasty last year, um, from a, a just a dynasty rankings, right around that three to five range, and he skyrocketed to two, um, just by outperforming himself and and proving to to me and all the doubters that he can do it. Yeah, I was a fellow doubter, Shane. So don't let that bother you. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> I was just like you. Know, I, I didn't like the landing spot for Diggs because of Allen. As you say, his accuracy issues was it was I just didn't want a piece of him. Obviously, we know he's he's got that solid floor with his rushing ability, um, always adding touchdowns on the ground. But yeah, the accuracy just completely put me off him. And I think most people were thinking there's a chance he might not even be the starting quarterback come the end of this year. So the fact that he's just bounced, as you say, bounced back like this, and I think now he is going to be one of the the top quarterbacks coming off the board in your in your startup drafts. So my question is, Shane, you know, the Bills obviously had not got the best running back. Do you think they, uh, they target one in this draft or in free agency? And if so, how is that going to affect Allen? Yeah, I think they do. I think they'd be stupid if they didn't, to be completely honest. Um, I think that it may knock Allen a little bit, um, but I think because he's just such a creative player and and able to improvise and and really bust out his legs when the pocket breaks down i don't think it'll be too too bad like it may be less or fewer designed and and called runs for allen out of the offense but it it doesn't worry me because he's still going to have the the talent to be able to break those out and if he can keep improving as a passer then i'm not worried about it um which he's shown that he can um despite what i thought yeah, I think if anything, it's probably going to knock the running back for me. Whichever running back goes there, yeah. I think because of Allen, that's going to going to put a little knock on him for me personally. Yeah, I think with, with Allen, I, I, I'm completely on board with you, Shane. I think him as a breakout was fantastic, becoming the QB one. He was the QB eight last season. Uh, it's, it's that amazing rush floor for me that's fantastic. He's had uh, eight, nine, and eight rushing touchdowns in his career so far. So really consistent. You know what exactly what you're getting from the run side of it and 
Um, like you said, he took a massive step forward in the past game. The addition of uh, Diggs was massive. Um, I was low on Diggs, but I was still actually pretty high on uh, Josh Allen last season. I, I believe I put Paul out in um, in preseason, um, asking who, who who people prefer, Josh Allen or Joe Burrow, and it was fifty fifty, which I personally didn't agree with. But um, I think a lot of people are really buying into Joe Burrow and. Obviously, I'm not his biggest fan either, so um, I'd like <laughs> to argue on that one. Um, so I think um, Josh Allen, obviously, was a QB1 last season. If he needs to be the QB1 in fantasy yet again, do you think the Bills after had had enough weapon for him alongside Diggs? Or do you think he can get it done just with his legs like he has done? No, I think they got to add another uh, weapon. Because I think Brown is a free agent, isn't he? I believe so. Yeah. John Brown, yeah. Yeah, so uh, if they don't bring Brown back, they've got to have somebody alongside Diggs, I think, to be able to really expose the other side of the defense because Diggs is going to get double teamed um, if they're smart. Um, and even when he's not, he Diggs is such a good route runner that he can still get open. Um, but they've got to have somebody on the other side to make them truly honor that and not just double Diggs the whole time. What do you so, think about Gabriel Davis, Shane? I like Gabe Davis. He's a really good young player. Um, if he, they might not need to add somebody if he can step up and, and fill that role of John Brown as the wide receiver two there. Um, I think he's good enough. I, if they did that, I would want them to maybe add somebody who's kind of a burner um, to, to, to really take the top off the defense. Mm. And just going back to the running back question that Matt posed here about adding, uh, adding someone to the Bills. Is anyone you can think of that would be a, a nice fit for you? I've seen guys like Chris Carson mentioned as a potential, uh, maybe a, a veteran uh, that can bring along the young guys. <laughs> this one hurts me a lot, but I actually just thought of it while we were while we were going through the show. Um, Aaron Jones. Ooh, I'm going to say that, Shane. <laughs> Aaron Jones nice. would, would be a fantastic fit there, and then they wouldn't need to bring in another wide receiver because Aaron Jones is so good in the passing game. Um, yeah, Aaron Jones would, I think, would be a, a hell of a fit there, um, and I hate that for my Packers because he's so, so good um, and so underutilized there. But, yeah, Aaron Jones would be a hell of a veteran pickup there. Um if I were a rookie running back that I might like to see there, just because, you know, I like to give you a little extra. Um, maybe Chuba Hubbard. Nice. Okay, yeah. Nice. Um, I, th I think if they had somebody – because the problem with, with Singletary and Moss is they're not fast. They're not mm -hmm. fast enough to actually be an explosive – RB one or be a threat in the passing game enough to actually make it worth a damn. Um, so yeah, if you added someone like Chuba Hubbard, who's literally a track star. Yeah, I'd be, I'd be all over that um, for Chuba. Um, and I, I think then you wouldn't like, that'd be a perfect fit to me, honestly, now that I'm like thinking through it because it was so fast that he's going to get his touchdowns from breakaway runs. Mm-hmm but then you could still use Allen like they've used him as basically the goal line back and he's still going to get his rushing touchdowns that way. I like it. Yeah, so it's a great shout that. Is uh Matt what what would be your thoughts on Michael Carter? I know you love him. I, I think you can read my mind Kevin, because I was literally going to say my <laughs> pick is Michael Carter. 
I love him. I absolutely love him. I think he could be fantastic in that offense. We know how good a pass catcher he is. If he can yeah. get some reps in the slot, we've seen what Gold Beasley can do. And I mean, Gold Beasley's older than us, so yeah. <laughs> Older than, older than Kev's, Kev's quite old. But. Yeah, I'm quite old, mate. <laughs> That's how good. What an answer. I've got a few great showing. But yeah, give me Michael Carr in that offence. I'd love that. I like that too. That's brilliant. <laughs> and we're, we're, speaking of rookies, obviously, but Michael Carr is an incoming rookie. Our next award is for the rookie of the year from the, the 2020 class. So this, again, can be across any position in fantasy. Um, so yeah, the rookie of the year, Shane. Oh, this one's way too easy for me. It's Justin Herbert. And he's an, so Justin Herbert was the rookie version of Josh Allen for me. I did not like Justin Herbert in the off season. Um, hell, when I took him in Scott, I was like, what the hell? I'll give it a shot. Um, so I took him and then I took Tyrod the round after, um, just so I had a, another option at QB. Um, and then once he got the starting job and just started balling out, I was like, give me Herbert wherever I can get him. Um, so I, <laughs> I've already done like three off season startups cause I'm an addict and, and this is a problem. Um, but I actually took, and it was a super flex startup. I took Herbert at the one one Oh six. Wow. That's, that's pretty, pretty <laughs> bullish. <laughs> yeah, it, it was, um, Someone in the chat had said, let's get crazy. And I was like, all right, here we go. <laughs> so yeah, I like Herbert. Um, I, I think he's a stud and I was very wrong on him in the off season, but he's got everything you want. Uh, arm strength, good decision-making um, and can get the ball anywhere that you, that you need to. So, and it helps to have Keenan Allen, who's a, just a, monster of a route runner and can get open at any point he's literally always open yeah i think from a quarterback standpoint it's got to be just in here but it's been unreal as you say um obviously to a burrow i think they were higher than than herbert in a lot of people's rankings it was definitely on a tier completely different to, to those two guys for me but as you say he's, he's come in basically thrown at the deep end really as you say with tyro getting that freak injury um thrown at the deep end and just showing what he's got it, Quarterback nine, I think he finished this year. And just no looking back for him, really. Um, but do you have any concerns at all, Shane? Obviously, we, we know the famous sophomore slump. Is there any chance you could maybe do uh, a bit of a Baker Mayfield and, and struggle in his oh, sophomore We year? went there. Sorry, Shane. Oh, that was just rude. Um, <laughs> no, I don't think so. Um, because he's not getting Freddie Kitchens as his coach in his second year. And um, as long as his O-line can protect him, unlike Baker's did in his second year, I'm not really worried about it. Like I said, I think if they don't keep Mike Williams, they need to add a, another weapon there in the receiving game. Um, and Hunter Henry is also a free agent. Uh, so they need to get him at least a third weapon with Eckler and, and Keenan Allen. Um, whether that be keep Williams, keep Henry, or, or draft somebody, I think they need to um, really make sure that they shore up that his weapons. Um, because, I mean, this year, at, other than Keenan Allen, he was thrown to Jalen Guyton and Tyron Johnson. Yeah. So if you give him someone who's got a little more clout than that, I think he'll be he'll be able to maintain this, this production. Maybe That's not QB9, but still 
pretty damn good. Yeah, he played fantastic. And with those guys you just mentioned, it just shows how good a quarterback he is. Yeah, I think so too. That was really, I think, the the determining factor for me was really one play. He hit Tyron Johnson wide open for a touchdown. I think it was against the Bucks, And I was like, who did he just throw it to? And I mean, he's just, he came out and played extremely well and he didn't have an easy schedule to start off with. I mean, his first game was against the chiefs. So I think he just, he exceeded all expectations for me very, very quickly and showed that he is going to, he's going to be here for a while. He did it without Eckler for a long, a long period as well. Mm-hmm. And that's a nice safety valve to have. So yeah, Certainly. I agree. He's, uh, definitely changing my tune on, uh, on Herbert going forward. I think he had a he had a standout play against the Bucks. It might have been the Tyron Johnson touchdown, where he was like he was fading onto his back foot and he just threw it like sixty yards, yeah, running, think- running back running backwards, and it was <laughs> it, it was Mahomes esque. Like obviously that's a lofty comparison, but it yeah. was completely stunning to see that. So yeah, he's, if you're in leagues with Shane, you've got to take him before the one oh six. That's all I'd, uh, <laughs> I'd say to the <laughs> to the uh, audience today, but. Yeah, you're right with her, but rookie of the year for me as well. Um, it's taken as a rookie QB three behind Tua and Burrow, comfortable mm-hmm. with the QB one, and he's got a lot less concerns than Joe Burrow and uh, Tua now. It's going as a QB six in startups, or not to keep saying it, but the 106 in change drafts. Um, <laughs> do you do you think that Herbert is rightly in that tier alongside guys like Watson, Wilson, etc., or is he more in that Joe Burrow tier or? Were you just feeling a bit crazy on that draft, like you said? I mean, I was feeling real crazy in that draft, um, but I also just really wanted Herbert in that draft. Uh, I think from a tier standpoint, I, I almost think he's right in the middle, and I don't know how you guys have it, but like, he's probably like the bottom of the Watson-Wilson tier, but the top of the Joe Burrow tier. So right in the middle, and I, I feel like that's probably a cop-out answer. But, I mean, he's a, he was a rookie. He's, he's still got a lot of room to grow. Um, and so I don't think he's earned necessarily the clout of the Watson, the Wilson, the Prescotts. Um, but I think he is a little better, at least has a little better situation and outlook currently than Burrow and, and Tua. And even Baker. Yeah. What, what about you, Matt? Where's Herbert for you in your rankings at the moment? Um, I have him just above the the guy we mentioned earlier, Rogers. So around about QB ten for me. Wow, that's pretty low. I know. I'm stubborn. What can I say? I'm stubborn. I I had him below two and Burrow. I was low on Burrow two and my quarterback one, and now I'm just too stubborn. I, I won't even move two or down below those two guys. <laughs> <laughs> this might be a shock. Here- Here's my advice for two owners. Egypt. Yes. Gailey's offense was horrid, and I think they were holding him back. As an Auburn fan, I got to see a lot of Tua. It didn't end well for me usually. I feel like people are forgetting how good Tua really is. Um, I had been saying for three years when I saw Tua as a freshman, I want Tua Tungavailoa on my team. Be patient. He's gonna be really, really freaking good. I love Did that the show. Dolph- yeah, but that's good for us because we're both two or troopers. Um, <laughs> did uh, uh, did the Dolphins um, 
appoint a coach that's got ties to Tua, they're the new OC. Did it have I made that uh, up? I don't remember. I can't think I off don't... the top of my head who it is, but I'm sure I read something about um the coat the, the brought a coach in, might even be QB coach that's got some ties to Tua, which would sit it'd signal that they're gonna be keeping him around. I mean, do you ever think that those rumours he was going to be traded would actually happen or is it just make believe? No, I, I, there's a part of me that thinks they're just using it to gain leverage. Um, I, I think it's stupid to even consider trading him. You haven't gotten to see a real full year of him, um, in that, in any offense, really. Um, but especially not in Channing's crummy offense. Um, but I, I think that, uh, I think it's just trying to get leverage to maybe trade out of the pick. Yeah, I agree. Well, I was going to say, it's far too early isn't it, to, to give up on Tua. We all know how good a prospect he was coming into the NFL. I can't even believe that Dolphins fans don't want to have him as a quarterback. Get him to the Giants, we'll have him at the Giants. <laughs> I've actually got Herbert in that tier about QB, I believe. So I think he's the last QB in that tier, but I do have him above both Burrow and Tua, but I think the caveat on Tua is that's these are my rankings now. I do expect the Dolphins to make moves at wide receiver. Um, so if they do go out and get, I don't know, Juju and Jamar Chase, for example, he's going to be right up there as Tua. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to be watching, watching it and uh, hopefully it all pans out right for the Dolphins. Right, next up we've got We've got the bust of the year, so this is the player with the uh, that's hurt you the most. It's been the biggest bust dynasty team that hurt you last season. Who you got? Oh, this one hurts a lot. Um, I was really high on this guy, uh, especially once Brady got there, but it's Chris Godwin. Um, you probably drafted him, well, it was ADP at, towards... I think in August or even late early September um, was around wide receiver five, and he finished twenty nineteen as a two. Um, so with that, you're expecting top five production. He didn't give it to you this year. Um, I'm not necessarily. He was hurt a little bit this year, and I think that definitely played a factor into it. And then um, Brady just liked uh, Evans more, which I was a little bit shocked by to be completely honest um and so that he was my bust just because of where you probably drafted him last year or in in 2019 he definitely did not perform to that expectation and then yeah. my honorable mention is joe mixon just because he's joe mixon and he's always a yes. disappointment i think it's kept pages some money shane to, to bring up these players names <laughs> I love you, no, I'm not having no mix and slander on this uh, on this show. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I agree with you, Shane, about Godwin. He has been a disappointment. Um, I think injuries played a big uh, a big part in that. I never think he got into that into a flow. He was obviously struggling with injuries and showing a good few good games and then getting injured again. So never really think he got into a nice rhythm. Um, personally, I'd have probably mentioned somebody like Golladay or Michael Thomas. Again, two guys like you just mentioned with um, high ADP that. Barely played those two guys, hardly played any games at all this year. Whereas Godwin, at least you got 11 games out of him. I know they might not be in the best, but 
least you got those games out of him. So, yeah, for me, I'd probably go with those two guys, but completely agree with where you're coming from. Um, we know he's going to be a free agent in the uh, in the off-season. So I was just wondering where do you think would be a nice landing spot for him to, to bounce back? Or do you think he stays with the, the Bucks? Well, I don't know for certain, but I think they're, they'd have enough gap room to um, to really bring him on. Um, again, uh, if he were to leave, maybe the Packers, huh? Um, <laughs> or Houston, uh, Buffalo could be a good spot to yeah. pair him with Diggs. That'd be really nice. Mm-hmm. Um, and just to kind of – since you mentioned Galladay and Michael Thomas, I tried to stay away from guys that were injured, which is why I didn't actually put Mixon in here as the bust because he was injured a lot. So I was trying to trying to find someone who actually played a decent amount of games and, and Godwin that came to mind when yeah. with using that criteria. Because I hate to say, oh, he busted, but he only played three games because he was injured. Yeah, that's so. what Kevin does with Mixon. So. Just trying to dampen Mixon's price. I'm sure I'll be <laughs> in a in a little while, but but yeah, I think um, I think it would probably be Godwin, um, probably be Michael Thomas for me. But I do agree with you. Godwin did have a, a poor season, but I, I do I still I do still believe in him. He's he's 24. He finished the wide receiver two overall in 2019. He gets a lot of those uh, low risk targets from the slot, and he has shown the ability to win outside win deep and also in the red zone. Um, he's currently the wide receiver 12 in DLF Dynasty startup ADP. Uh, he was the wide receiver 5 in August, so we have seen that drop in value, which I think is huge in, in Dynasty's game at a discount. So you have named him your bust of the year, Shane. Would you be happy with him as the wide receiver 1 on any of your Dynasty teams, or is he more of a wide receiver 2 now after his burn year? Hmm. <laughs> I think because of his youth... I would be okay with it. Um, roster construction would be very, very important for me, though. Um, I would need... I think I would need somebody like a Camara or even a CMC. Um, a running back with pass-catching upside, essentially, um, to take wide receiver one on a dynasty team. But like I said, with him being 24, I think he will be fine. He'll bounce back next year. Uh yeah, I think he'd be fine as a wide receiver one. Yeah, I tend to agree with you on that because he, he's going as a wide receiver 12. So you'd think that if you get him there, you're likely going to be taking, say, like an early QB or an early running back. So yeah, I think if you do decide to fade wide receiver for those first few rounds, Godwin's someone that would, would, would fit that criteria. How about you, Matt? Yeah, I'm exactly the same as what Shane just said. I think if you can get him at that, that wide receiver 12 spot, I think... You're more than likely going to get a return for what you're what you're paying to get him. So, yeah, big fan. And if he lands in that uh, a nice spot, then I mean, the, Shane mentioned the Packers. I'd love to see him at the Packers. The Bills as well in the slot. Get that uh, Cole Beasley role. Oh, Cole Beasley slander. No slander. Not that's not slander. That's that's praise if anything. How good Cole Beasley's been. Um, you can't go on forever, Kev. But, you got to like be He's older than me, isn't he? So, well, he's not. He's not. He's not. But he's pretty old. He's pretty old. So we'll we'll quickly touch upon Mixon as well, Shane. You, we spoke about him on the last show, so I will keep it brief. But he's currently going as the running back nineteen in startups, and he was the running back 
six to seven range in August. So like Godwin, I think he's a big value in Dynasty. Where does he rank for you in the uh, in the running backs? I don't even know where I have him ranked, to be completely honest, but I probably won't draft him this year. Um, for his pr- even unless wow. I could get him at that price, I've I just got burned. Um, he 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 just hasn't produced for me at the the hype of his previous ADP. Um, and so unless I can get extreme value on him, I don't know if I'm going to take him. Um, just because there's other players that I would prefer. Just in the live feed of uh, Matt's fist and it's clenching. Um, not sure why. I need to get in some leagues with Shane so I can get Mixon. I think. <laughs> <laughs> like, like Shane's done with Herbert, I'll be the one drafting Mixon 106. <laughs> I think I think for me with, with Mixon, he's. I think I've got him tied at running back 17 with a few of us. Like, <laughs> yeah, oh, I've got God. him with. Um, I've got him with. Montgomery and Sanders oh. and Mixon all as a group of three. But like I said, he's going as the running back 19. So technically I'm above consensus on him. I'm not, I ain't got him running back one like you, Matt. So you you take David Montgomery over Joe Mixon. Is that what I'm I, hearing? About, about, at least working. I think it's a coin flip, yeah. Oh my God. I yeah. agree with that. <laughs> no! <laughs> I would. Montgomery showed some real improvement this year. And, and Mixon just can't stay healthy or can't produce consistently enough for me to to want to take him. We'll have to uh, we'll have to put it to a vote, Matt, onto it, uh, onto uh, onto the onto the timeline and see uh, <laughs> see what people are saying if it's the uh, the old uh, the old timer or the new shiny toy. I guess. Uh, <laughs> I can't believe I'm in shock. <laughs> well, well, we'll bring you back to earth on this. One. I think this is a. A solid award next. It's the the one we've all been waiting for, the fantasy MVP. So, the best player, the most prestigious award. Who have you got, Shane? <laughs> for the fantasy MVP for 2020, it is Devonte Adams, receiver of the Green Bay Packers. Over. <laughs> Maybe a little bit, but I also have him on a lot of teams. Well, not even a lot of teams, but a handful of teams, and he just he produced every single week and there was a point where it was if he wasn't catching one touchdown he was catching three and i think he just played so so well um that he's got to be it and then i've got my honorable mention as camara um he bounced back from the year before. And I think it really shows, and I mentioned this in the offseason last year, it really shows how injured he was in uh, 2019 because he came back and, and really produced this year. So Kamara's my my honorable mention for that. Um, I had both. No, I didn't have both of them. I had both of them on a team that I won the championship on. Um, and I had Kamara on my Scott Fishbowl team. So I really like both of these players. They're they're up there for me in my dynasty rankings. Um, Adams is probably my wide receiver one, and Kamara RB three, maybe RB two. Um, so I just think both of these guys are going to get you points every single week, and they did that in twenty twenty. So yeah, I think I agree. I had I had both of these guys on a roster and. I won it, obviously. So, <laughs> and it was in a league. It was in a Twitter league as well with some uh, some high-profile Twitter 
account. So I haven't seen him mention it though. So <laughs> I don't know. Maybe they're a bit upset that a Brit beat him at, uh, at Fantasy. But yeah, Devante Adams, I think he has to be mentioned as the MVP. I personally would have maybe said Kamara or maybe Travis Kelsey as well. I think both of those guys, just they're all basically the top guys at the position. And yeah. I think they deserve to be the MVP. Um, Adams, as you mentioned, three games with 40 plus fantasy points. So He's, he's basically winning your weeks just on his own with those kind of performances. And as we've mentioned earlier, he's not really got many people around him with the Packers. So he was getting all the targets from Rogers. They built up that that nice little chemistry. And as you say, he's, he's just winning leagues for everybody, I think. Um, we mentioned it a little earlier about uh, Rogers potentially moving. I know you don't think he will. But if he did move, would that be a concern for you with Adams moving forward? Or do you just think he's a bona fide stud? This is going to sound like a homer pick. No, I'm not worried about it. <laughs> um, but know I'm not showing that it's it's just a homer pick. I think he's such a good route runner um, and can beat any corner in the league uh, that it it wouldn't hurt him to have a drop-off in QB play if, if Rodgers does move on because he's going to get open and get those points and be his QB's favorite target. Um, I Yeah. I'm not worried about Rodgers leaving, as you mentioned, but if he did, I wouldn't be worried about Adams because he's that good. I think Adams is a fantastic wide receiver. Like we've said, he's definite top two, top three dynasty wide receiver. My concern if Rodgers did leave is if it was Jordan Love throwing to him because uh, oh. <laughs> there was that cliff, wasn't there, where he, uh, in some sort of camp, he threw the ball and he missed the uh, target and then bounced <laughs> back into the target. <laughs> It was terrible, but I think like if let's say the move Rogers and I don't know just get an average QB, I think he'd be fine because he's he's so good, he's so efficient, and like you say, he's 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 been underrated for years now, and he's really shown out. And like you say, if you had him and Kamara on a team in week sixteen, they combined for ninety nine point four fantasy points. So oh, I know, Kev, I know. If you, if you had both of those on a team and lost, you, you have to please get in touch and. <laughs> have a good laugh at you um <laughs> but yeah i think for me on this one i'd have probably gone travis kelsey but i can't really argue with the wide receiver one in uh, on the season and someone that's uh, produced 43.2 fantasy points in week 16 that is the definition of league winner isn't it so yeah. just want to get your your take on this shane I, I think i know the answer already but i'll ask it anyway um so yeah like michael thomas last year is it worth selling high on Adams, the current wide receiver one in Dynasty, uh, before he has this drop-off potentially, or um, or maybe not? And I'm just thinking this maybe with the amount of young talent that's out there, the guys you could pivot to and get extra, like Justin Jefferson, AJ Brown, etc. What's your what's your thoughts on selling high? Despite that's going to really hurt you from a personal point of view. Is that the right thing to do? Maybe if you can get a fair amount on top of those guys. I think for a fair amount, yes. I'm not doing it, but, I th- <laughs> but I'm not going to tell you not to. Um, I think if you could get an AJ Brown and another good, maybe, I don't even know, like an AJ Brown, a Darnell Mooney, and, and another piece, I would do it. Or a Justin Jefferson and a Will Fuller and maybe another piece. I, I'd think about moving. Devonte for that um but i i don't think Devonte is going to fall off as much as as mt did um one because 
Aaron Rodgers still has more arm strength that probably in his left arm than Brady's does in his right arm. Um, but two, Michael, this sounds so just cliche or just overused. Michael Thomas on route. It's a slant. <laughs> He's literally a slant boy. Um, and I think, I think Devontae's route tree is just so much more complex and he's able to get open in so many different ways. I don't see him dropping off like he did, like Michael Thomas did. And maybe that's just my, my Packers bias speaking, but he's really just that good of a route runner that I think he's not going to have a, a significant drop off um, unless Jordan Love is throwing him the, the ball. And, or, or Mitch Trubisky. Um, Ooh. I, and I don't think Trubisky would go to, to – Shots fired there, Shane. Uh, <laughs> well, and the, the funny thing is I like Trubisky, but I it would be a drop-off going from Rodgers to Trubisky or Rodgers to Love. Um, so I would, uh, I would not sell personally, but I'm not telling you not to if you can get A.J. Brown – plus or Justin Jefferson plus. Yeah. And then just a quick word on Kamara. He obviously had a fantastic Christmas day, didn't he? With those 56.2 fantasy points, a great present for fantasy owners. Um, again, definition of a fantasy MVP. Do you, do you worry about the QB situation there though in, in, in New Orleans with, with it being Taysom Hill or Jameis Winston potentially, do you think that affects Kamara in any way? Or are you just all about the Kamara train? I think I'm all aboard the Camaro train. I think the the Christmas Day game um, gave hope. I think as Hill got a little more comfortable in the offense, he got a little more comfortable using Camara. Um, I really just want Taysom Hill to like go back on a mission trip or something. Just leave, leave. Um, if it's Jameis Winston, I. I I don't think I'm I'm as worried as I am if it's Hill. Um, I don't. I think he might drop off a little bit, but if Peyton is smart like we think he is, then he'll continue to use Kamara um, and and try to scheme him open more than just using him as the the dump off guy. Um, I'm a, a a teeny bit worried, but not a ton. I think they they showed some promise with Taysom at QB um, as that project progressed. And we'll come to you, Matt. Just one final point on Kamara. Uh, dynasty ranking-wise, I know you like the few of the rookies and um, obviously being a Giants fan, you like Saquon as well. Where, where would Kamara sit for you in your dynasty rankings right now? Two. Behind CMC. Barkley three, I think. Very close, I think, between Barkley and Kamara for me personally. Same but here. As a, as a Shane... Um, Comment I might be a home and pick, uh, taking take one, but yeah, right up there. And then you know, I'm a big fan of Jonathan Taylor, I think he's gonna be RB4 for me. And, and pushing those two guys if he can get a solid workload in 2021, yeah, I think that's it's really, uh, really kind of you to put Kamara above Saquon. I wasn't expecting <laughs> that, so you've it is very close. <laughs> give, give me give me a month when uh, when Saquon's back and we start seeing all the videos and it'll be up to RB one for me again. <laughs> and how about you, Shane? Is it close for you? It's it's very close. Um, I think the only thing that concerns me about Saquon and why I might put him at three and Kamara at two is his health right now. Um, <clears throat> if he can 
get healthy and, and stay healthy this year, then I could easily see him coming back into to RB2 territory, if not RB1. Um, so I, it's very close for me. I, I think that it's, it's a – I can't find my camera right there. It's a, it's a very tight grouping up at the top with CMC, Kamara, and Barkley. Um, they're all – they're all your guy. So if you've got them, you've got a, a solid producer at running back that can do everything for you. Um, and if they can all stay healthy, then you're in, in good shape. I think a move I might be looking to do is if you do have Kamara, try and get Barkley. I think a lot of people are down on him, obviously not playing this year. If we've all got him similar rankings, I'm not sure everybody feels the same way because of the injury. If you can trade Kamara for, for Barkley plus a, a little piece on top, then... I'm doing that all day. Yeah, I've seen a few a few startups where Barkley's been going like the back of the first. Yeah, and it's 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 crazy. Like we we, we all three of us have got uh, Barkley in our top three. So it's there's either a crazy run going on QBs or um, we're either really smart or really stupid compared <laughs> to the community. I guess time the first one. <laughs> Was that smart? <laughs> I think so. I don't know. <laughs> Smashing well. That brings us to the end of the awards section. So uh, thank you to Shane for picking out those players and give us some really fantastic answers there, Shane. So thank you on that. We now come on to... Uh, sorry. <laughs> we uh, we now come on to uh, our brand new Fantasy Wildcard section, which is where we get our guests to pick out one player they believe will be their fantasy wildcard, which we consider a player that will improve their dynasty value the most in 2021. So you've given us an interesting name here, Shane. Why don't you share it? Yeah, um, this dude is my guy. I love <laughs> this player. Um, and I think he's the, his team's wide receiver one right now, um, especially when healthy. Uh, it's Preston Williams. And I have him here because he hasn't, he didn't finish 2019 and he didn't finish 2020 healthy. So his, if he can stay healthy and maintain his health in 2021, he can improve his dynasty value vastly. Um, because I think he's that good. He's six foot five. He's going to be an, uh, a red zone threat. He can beat you in a, a multitude of ways, in my opinion. Um, and, he's better than Devonte Parker. So that is my fantasy wild card. Let me have it. No, it was an interesting <laughs> one, Shane. I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to slam for it. I would never do such a thing, but it was definitely an interesting pick when I, when I saw you put it on, but I do agree. He's a very interesting player. Um, as you mentioned that ACL injury in 2019, I don't think he ever fully recovered from that this year. He played eight games, um, scored four touchdowns, but he only had 18 receptions and 288 yards. So didn't really do much this year. Um, I think his, his ADP at the moment is wide receiver 64 on uh, DLF. So that's just screaming value for me, I think. He's somebody I was equally high on like you um, in the offseason. Um, I was hoping he could have a strong finish, um, knowing that he would have a slow start with coming off that ACL injury. But wide receiver 64 is just... I can't even believe he's wide receiver 64, to be honest. My big concern, though, is that, as Kev mentioned a little earlier, I do think the Dolphins target uh, a wide receiver, potentially in free agency, potentially in the draft, maybe even both. So would that be a concern for you, Shane, or 
you're still sold he's going to be the top guy no matter who they bring in i i'm not concerned about it i think it would actually help him for them to bring somebody in mm-hmm. um i unless it was jamar chase i would probably still consider him the top guy um i'm just i'm irrationally high on him i'm not gonna <laughs> lie to you but i i think he can be a team his team's over one um or even a wide receiver two in fantasy um if he's got if he's used right and the, the team is is constructed right um which sounds like a lot of ifs ands or buts if, if, if you will um but i just think he's that good i think he's gonna be just a, a like you said a value wide receiver 64 is ridiculous in my opinion yeah that is that's stupid um stupid value so um i i seriously think he could finish as a top 30 wide receiver if he maintains his health love it i've just been spending the last couple of minutes trying to work out what wide receiver 64 is and i think it's a wide receiver six <laughs> which yeah. wide receiver six it's that's crazy and i, I do i to be honest shane I, I applaud you for picking out a guy that's yeah. going that low i think it's it's kind of why we've brought in this this section to sort of highlight guys that have got the potential to have the biggest the biggest boom. If if you came in and said Baker Mayfield, for example, um, <laughs> uh, 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 as much as we'd love that to happen for you, it's it's uh, it kind of defeats the object. So picking Preston Williams, mm. hats off to you. I'm not going to take my hat off because he has a mess and grey. But um, but yeah, I think I do tend to agree with Matt about the competition side of it. But I do also agree with yourself where him or Devonte Parker, you're going to look at it over a couple of years. There's nothing wrong picking Preston Williams, is there? Even this season, it's I think it's a lot closer than their their ADP would suggest. So um, yeah, and and the thing like Matt mentioned is ever really fully recovered from his his ACL from 2019 I think he only played I don't think he started playing until week eight and then he got hurt again at the end of the year with his ankle um which is why his stats were so low this year so I think if he comes into 2021 healthy even do draft another wide receiver I think it's going to be whoever they draft and Preston Williams side by side um I and I'm just very low on Devontae Parker I, I think his break his breakout if you will and in 2019 was because they didn't have anyone else to throw the ball to except Gesicki. um their running back situation was trash <clears throat> was hurt and so it was literally Devonte and Gesicki were his only options um and i i think preston's a better receiver and will prove that if he stays healthy and can stay on the field yeah. I I had, sorry Kevin, i was gonna say i had a quick look at Devonte parker's adp is wide receiver 45 so no I, I know what I'm taking out of the two at those prices. Yeah, definitely. I was going to say as well, like Preston Williams, his rookie season got cut short through injury, but I believe his pace was pretty much equal to Devontae Parker. And obviously it you're, was. Getting the, you're getting the age benefit. So I think you're right. If he's if he's back from his injury and he's, he's strong, why can't he beat out Devontae Parker? Because I think they're pretty similar type receivers. Um, I, I guess the question I've got to you, Shane, on... Williams being the wide receiver 64 in startups is how how high do you think he can get if he has a perfect season? If he has a perfect season, I seriously think he can be a wide receiver too. 
So if you draft him at wide receiver 64 and you get wide receiver two production, that's going to win you a league. Yeah. Like easily. I think he's, I mean, we've already said it. He's a screaming value at wide receiver 64. Um, that's below his floor. I think that's like yeah. you've dug a, dug a hole a little bit and, and gone and found Preston Williams. And you're like, Holy shit. I found treasure. <laughs> like I, I just, I, that's insane to me um, that he's that low. So yeah, I, I, if he has a perfect season, he could be a wide receiver too. I have no doubts. I love that. That's fair. Shane will be taking him uh, 107 just after Herbert. <laughs> so, if y'all give me a minute, I can actually where I've taken him in the two, two most recent drafts. Um, so, give me just a second. I think what oh, I was looking Yeah, go on. Okay. No, you, you were probably going to say something a lot smarter than I was, so I'll let you take this one. Oh, God, I, I forgot now. No, I was just going to say... You can say, like, he is the definition of a fantasy wildcard, isn't it? If he's giving you that much above production, it, wow, very impressive. Yeah. So I took him at 2001 in one startup, and then give me just a second. Oh, hold on. What was I, mean, you saying, huh? I can't remember, Kev. <laughs> 2001 to me was was stealing him honestly yeah. um and then in another league i had to take him a little earlier because i knew who i was drafting with i took him at you know one and i still feel like that's extremely good value because i think last year i was getting him in the ninth through 11th rounds so i think getting him and that's like i still think he should be drafted there but obviously he's he you're gonna get some value on him now i think and again like i said draft i took him at 1401 because i knew who i was drafting with but i think you could get him in the 20th round and that's a steal yep. he wasn't drafted with nick sarnella was you? i know he's a big fan of preston I mean, no i was drafting <laughs> with uh our buddy fox and with wardy oh, okay. um who are both a member of the preston williams fan club with me and sarnelli <laughs> so um I knew that they and Fox was right up against me. So Fox had the 111, and I had the 112 or the 110. And uh, so I took uh, Williams at the 1401, and then I took um, Darius Slayton at the 1310 because I knew Fox was going to try and snipe me. <laughs> how much? Uh, how much weight do you put on who's in the room with you and how close you are in your drafts? Do you do you think about that quite significantly as to who you draft with and maybe reach on players that you know are in their sights as well? Yeah, definitely. Um, like when it comes to like when it came to that draft with Fox, like I needed a tight end, so I took Kasiki at the ten oh one because he was right on my tail. Um, and he he texted me after and was like, bastard. <laughs> and then a few rounds later, I took Darius Slayton and Preston Williams, two guys that I know we both like. Um, and he texted me again. It's <laughs> like you bastard. <laughs> like, I look. I knew you. They were probably on your radar. I had to get them on my team. Um, so no, that's definitely something that, like, just from a dynasty advice standpoint or a drafting advice standpoint, know your draft room because if you know someone's higher on somebody or as high on somebody as you are, you gotta take them before. Um, probably ADP even rec- recommends. Um, simply because that other person is probably thinking the same thing about you um, and make it and wanting to try and get them. 
another yeah. example is is Darnell Mooney in that draft that I took Williams in the the twentieth round. I took Mooney pretty early too because I was like, I know I've got <laughs> a guy who I've tried to get Mooney from in another league. <clears throat> I want Mooney. I got to go get him now. So I I went and got Mooney earlier than I probably would have normally too. <laughs> and one piece of advice: if you're ever in a draft with Matt. That you have to, if you want a tight end, you have to take them all in round one because he is the tight end whisperer. That False. may or may not be true. <laughs> but we all, so we all think Shane's such a nice guy, but deep down, he's a little bit of a bad man, isn't he? Take I like it. Everybody. <laughs> That's the competitor in right there. <laughs> yeah, it's brilliant. Talking smack as well. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> So that, that brings us to the end of the show. We'd just like to thank Shane for coming on. You've been an amazing guest of ours. You've uh, you've brought plenty of different insights, and um, I, I can speak for myself. I had a great time. I'm sure Matt has as well. Yeah, um, so I did too. We'll, we'll pass it over to you, Shane. Is there anything you'd like to to plug or share with the audience? Certainly. Um, I just released my first article for the 14 personnel guys. Um, probably doesn't apply to sharks, but for anyone who is new to Dynasty or is looking to dip their toe into Dynasty, I just wrote a beginner's guide to Dynasty for the 14, 14 personnel guys. Um, I actually did a little bit of market research. I have two very close friends and my wife who have never played Dynasty football, and I was like, what would you want to have in a beginner's guide? So that was an article I just released um, this week. Fox and I will be releasing a, an episode of the Fantasy Nightcap. Uh, we'll be doing our flights. So I'll, t- if you uh, listen in, I'll tell you guys what that means. Um, and then we'll be doing a little bit of a Super Bowl preview as well. And then I haven't started the signups for it yet, but I figured I'd go ahead and get it out there into the universe. But Polly's Playoff will be happening again this year. Um, so... That is my charity tournament to help benefit the Walk to End Alzheimer's. So if you guys want to sign up, um, I follow me on Twitter at FFShaneB, and the sign-up form will be there. Um, and first and foremost, I want to thank you guys for, for having me on as your first guest. I am truly honored, yes. Heart <laughs> hands. Heart hands. Um, love you guys. Um, glad glad to be on with you. Um and would love to do it again and love to have you guys on the fantasy nightcap, which we've already talked about. Ooh, Matt, is there anything from you to any closing thoughts from yourself on today's show? I just want to thank Shane for coming on. It's been fantastic. Um, you know how much I love you, Shane. It's, it's oh, been yeah. awesome having you on. You talk a good game and, and you play a good game and you're definitely helping a lot of people out. I read the article myself that you've you've just released, and it's a perfect guide, as you say, for anybody looking to get into Dynasty. It's it's what they need. It's it's what I know. I would have enjoyed something like that when I first started. I just dove in head first, and, and you hope for the best, don't you? And you learn as you go. But with a guide like that, yeah, brilliant work, Shane, as always. Yeah, no, I I literally took what I did wrong in my first Dynasty yeah. <laughs> with our friend Dom FFL um, and was like, okay, this is what you don't need to do yeah. and and just kind of shaped it so it was a little more positive. <laughs> but And then, like I said, use some help from some people that are newer to Dynasty or haven't even stepped foot into it really um, to really just kind of help people. Because like I said, I actually said this last year, I was like if I had started doing Dynasty football after – the year that I put in in 2019 to really learn 
um, kind of what was going on, I feel like I would have done so much better in my home dynasty league than I actually did. Um, I think you guys have, and I have talked about it before, but my home dynasty league right now is in the biggest rebuild ever. Um, and it's looking really good. Like I've got some really nice young pieces, but I had that because I didn't have that beginner's guide to dynasty. Yeah. Yeah. It's a smashing article. And you, you did a similar one last year to the, uh, on the astronauts as well. But I, I, like I said, it's, it's, it's spot on. It up. you're not making the mistakes that you made. And um, it's give it, give it a look, give it a, give it a view and you'll, you'll definitely learn something from it. So yeah. Thank you for tuning in. Be sure to subscribe and follow us on Twitter at Fantasy Wildcard. We also have our Linktree site on our Twitter page where you can find all of our podcasts and shows on YouTube. Please check it out and subscribe. Our podcast drops every Tuesday, so if you don't want to see our faces, that could be an ideal solution for you. Um, so, yeah, thank you to Shane for coming on and being an amazing guest. Um, and thank you for, for viewing and for listening. Have a good evening, and we'll see you soon. Cheers. Cheers. When you have the wild card, you have the power to change the game.